21ism. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's morning here. Got my coffee. I'm ready to go. Talk awesome. about some art and Bitcoin. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So tell the people at home a bit about yourself, Fractal Encrypt. Where, where did the name come from, by the way? Oh, well, the name actually came from a, a long-standing love of just fractals, both fractal geometry and the creation of fractals. And I actually did a lot of work uh, with some fractal generation software. And uh, the really interesting thing is the software that I was using is called Mandelbulb 3D, and it has a very similar to Bitcoin um essence in the sense that it, it's an open source project the original creator of it kind of disappeared and it's maintained by the community and uh, it's basically just software you can run on your own computer and it uses your computer's processing power to generate images so in essence like just like the bitcoin network uses your computer processing power to create value through digital tokens and uh, cryptographic tokens uh, you know the software is doing it for visual uh, pixels so it just was something that i had a lot of fun with and encryption something i hold dear so i just kind of tied the two together because it'd be nice to have some fractal level encryption so okay it a little very cool very cool so, so tell us about your your journey. Uh, how did you become an artist? You know, th there's clearly a this awesome um, creative capability that you have, and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into the project that you're working on right now, your full node project. But I, I wanna I wanna know about your your journey as an artist and how that then collided with the world of Bitcoin and and when. So so, you know, when did you when did you realize you had this great creative streak in you? Well, I appreciate the kind words. That's very nice. Um, well, where I'm at now is certainly kind of like the culmination of a whole lifetime of, of work, really. I think my parents noticed at an early age that I just liked art. They sent me to some painting classes, and it just kind of sparked something in me. And that was probably I was four or five years old at that point. And uh, I don't know, some of the things that the teacher taught me in that class, I still remember to this day, was just amazing. He's like, you know, the sky's not just blue. When you paint the sky, it's not just blue. It's going to be shades that, you know chains you go and and actually getting to hear that and then put the paint onto the canvas and actually see it come alive at that young age it was really transformative to me and over the years i've gone through all kinds of mediums i've made jewelry i've made t-shirts i've worked in vinyl i've made 3d stuff i've like made these like kind of temple-ish things that uh, we brought to festivals and out of cnc machines and uh, now i'm using laser cutters so it's kind of like you go from you know one place to the other in fact for many years um i was like a traditional pencil drawing artist and i kind of eschewed the digital world i thought like oh digital art's cheating you know the computer's making the art for you it's no it's not real art um but then uh i ended up at a makerspace in miami and they had a laser cutter and i wanted to take a class on how to use it so i could see what you know what it was all about and uh 
I, I went in, they showed me how to use it. They said, oh, you can pick any picture on the internet and we'll, we'll cut it. And I said, well, hey, wait, can we use some of my own art? I said, oh, sure, here, what do you have? So we, we put it in their software. They said, okay, this this is what runs the laser cutter, a software called Adobe Illustrator. I had never really touched it before. It was kind of intimidating. It's got all these buttons and weird stuff. Uh, I went home that weekend. I was just amazed, you know, like I was able to draw in this thing. I have an infinite canvas. I don't have to buy paper. I, I used to have these big, huge paper sheets that I'd like tape to the wall and I'm drawing, putting rulers on them. And now all this stuff is happening, you know, in the background. And I'm actually able to focus on the creative part of it rather than, you know, how do I hold this up so I can draw on it? And uh, that was a, a revolution for me. So I would say that probably happened around 2012 where I started playing with digital art and, um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a real force multiplier digital canvas. You can churn out so much more work. You can iterate much more quickly. Do you still use the analog formats as, as well, or do you just do purely digital now? Well, I, I absolutely use analog formats. Everything for me starts in a little notebook, and I actually have a notebook that has all my ideas and little design, design sketches and stuff. So everything starts in uh, paper and pen for me. And then once I get like a little hint of some shapes that I want to start using, at that point, I kind of start going into the software. Um, although, to be honest, I have a, a digital tablet that I draw into as well. So it's like just like basically drawing on your computer screen at this point. So it's um, very true to the, the feel of paper and pen. Although, to be honest, I do use it for production work rather than the, the concept thing. When did you discover Bitcoin? Well, I... I you know, Bitcoin, I think they say it has to touch your life a few times before it actually like clicks for you. So um, I used to be a moderator in a, an underground web forum, and uh, a lot of people would chat there about the dark webs and Bitcoin. And I remember the Gawker article coming out when Bitcoin was $7. Uh, and, well, I think it crashed from 70 to 7 at that time uh, because one of the dark markets got knocked down or whatever it was. Um, it, it just seemed like something that was interesting, but not something I needed to play with at the time. Um, and then I didn't really hear anything about it until 2015. And uh, as I said, I made art for a long time. I did. Uh, I used to sell art on Grateful Dead tour. So we'd set up these little stands and, you know, sell art in the parking lot. Um, I always had this vision that if there's something you don't see in the world, you kind of have to create it. And then some people like what I would, thought was missing. So um, we got into a little day where we basically just bring the art out, sell it. And it was actually a pretty neat feedback loop to to see what people thought of, you know, the stuff that I would make in my bedroom. I think I got lost on the question there. Where were we supposed to go? That's cool. Yeah. So, so tell me how you, you first, you said you, you have. Oh, yeah. First Bitcoin. Sorry. Okay. Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So, okay. So selling art. Uh, yes. A guy reached out to me from Brazil um, and he said, hey, I want to get some of your art, but will you accept Bitcoin? And I was like, sure, of course I'll take Bitcoin. At that point, you know, I'd already heard of it a couple of years ago. I knew it was a thing. Um, but I told him, you're going to have to tell me how to accept it. So he said, oh, you know, you can set up a wallet. Here's how it works. Um, he helped me do it. He sent me the Bitcoin, and I, I was able to mail him his art to Brazil. It was super simple and easy to use, and so much so that I pretty much just forgot about it at that point. Um, I didn't think about it again until about a year later. I had a buddy reach out to me, and he said, hey, you know, do you know where you can get any Bitcoin? I'm trying to get some Bitcoin. I was like, well, actually... I have, I have some. Um, so he, he, I had 3.1 Bitcoin. He needed three. So I sold him the three Bitcoin. And the thing was, when the guy had given me the Bitcoin, I think it was like $279 per Bitcoin at the time. 
uh, he had given me a little site where you could go to to watch the price, and uh, I watched it go from like two seventy nine when he gave it to me to like two twenty nine, and that's at the point where I was like, I'm closing this, I'm forgetting about this. Uh, and then when my friend asked about a year later, I looked at the price, and now it's six hundred dollars. I just about fell out of my seat because now this art sale that was six hundred dollars has become almost two thousand dollars. I'm like, wow, man, this is great. So I gave him the Bitcoin, and I still have my point one, and. Um, forgot about it again. <laughs> and then uh, maybe a year or two later, uh, same guy calls me up. He's like, hey, you remember that $10 of Bitcoin you don't want to sell me? Uh, you need to check your account because Bitcoin's worth $4,000 now. I was like, what? All right. So I, I logged back in. I looked and sure enough, my little point one was now worth $400. And uh, that was like September 2017. So I just watched it go from $400 uh, to $2,000. And it was just it, it was kind of mind bending at that point. I was like, you know, if you have a dollar, it doesn't change its value. It's still worth a dollar two years from now. So why is this, you know, something's going on here. So I started going down the rabbit hole. And at that point I just became lost. You know, the, the deeper you look, the more intricate and the more beautiful it is. So I, I think I just became wrapped up in it. Um, yeah. And then I like, I quickly fell into the shitcoin narrative where like, oh, better, faster than Bitcoin. This is cooler than Bitcoin. It's got all these awesome features. And um, I basically put a bunch of money at the end of December uh, 2017 into Bitcoin. But then I like moved it into like some a bunch of these other shitcoins and like lost all that money in <laughs> time because there's this narrative of HODL and like HODLing shitcoins is like the worst idea you could ever <laughs> have so i learned that the hard way but um yeah one of the other things on the on the journey was that um, i saw that there was art digital art going on ethereum so i became very interested in that and um, i started kind of doing some uh, you know investigations of it some, some playing around with the smart contracts and um, just you know really looking into it and it seemed like very interesting at that time like early early 2018-ish, I'm thinking, um, and at that time. So then they had a, a few digital markets that were starting up. And what was interesting to me about this was that I had made digital art for years at this point, but there was no money in it. You know, it was, everything's copy-paste. And now there was a way for artists to monetize digital work. And I was really thought that was kind of like, oh, this is going to be a revolution. And uh, it was, there was a few platforms I put some art on and people would buy it. And um, honestly, it just... I don't know, I did it for a little bit and I just wasn't really happy with the underlying network. You know, things just seemed a little weird. The more deeper I looked into Ethereum, it wasn't like Bitcoin where I was finding things are all, you know, harmonious and balanced and secure and kind of in line and ordered. It just seemed like some weird Rube Goldberg thing. So it, I don't know, I think like by early 2019, I was like, I'm out. I think I think it was like when I realized like the security problems and the, the privacy problems with Ethereum's account-based system in the sense that you know, it just has an account. It doesn't have like addresses that you can create new addresses all the time. So I have just got this artist account that is basically publicly doxxed and people are sending, you know, Ethereum to it. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah. <laughs> okay. I was out. Ethereum based NFTs, but no longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so. We all have to go through our journey. So at that point, then I just started putting all my, you know, time and resources into, you know, 
what I came to realize is the actual only valuable network out there. And I think it's been very rewarding. Um, like, I think there's a, a sense of time preference, for example. So those Ethereum NFTs, I would start on a Friday night. I would just spend the weekend just learning some new weird computer software trick and just make some pretty picture with whatever this weird new technique that I learned is. And then I post it and that was it. You know, it's like make some weird stuff over the weekend and, uh, you know, and, and sell it. It wasn't any kind of deep things that I was getting involved in. Uh, whereas as soon as I stopped that, I actually just stopped doing art for almost seven months straight. And then that's kind of where this Bitcoin full node sculpture came out of it. You know, I just kind of went offline, stopped doing any kind of art, just sat in my room and I was watching other people post stuff and they're selling things and there's these Ethereum things and am I, am I missing out? And I just don't know here. And uh, it just kind of kept my head down and just kept working on the project. And uh, actually reached out to Crypto Graffiti. He's another artist in the scene, yeah. uh, kind of been very helpful to me in the sense of a mentor. So I reached out to him as I was kind of finishing it. He gave me some guidance and some, hey, maybe you should do this and that. And uh, he gave me a little confidence, too, that I didn't have uh, before speaking to him. So I was very thankful for that. And uh, shortly so thereafter, I was to get the piece like. Because he thought before it was actually made into a physical piece, you know, so these things are, they go through stages. First, you just have them as an idea in your mind. Then you kind of start putting it together. Then you don't like what you have. You redo it. <laughs> you recreate it. And then it goes from a digital thing to actually cutting it out on the laser. And then now you have a whole bunch of pieces and it's kind of like a puzzle. And until you actually have all these pieces together you know, it feels different, you know, like as I have the sculpture and I'm putting down the pieces, like I notice a, a kind of balance and a harmony once it kind of, it's all the pieces are together and they're all kind of to, there. But yeah. prior to that, it's like, Hey, there's, there's a disturbance in the force. Right. So, <laughs> so how, I, I want to get into the, the, the mechanics of how you you've designed and, and, and created this in a little while, but you just tapping back into what you said a short while ago, tell us about what you were doing with the, the grateful dead. Uh, so, uh, I, I've been kind of going to the shows for a long time, and um, I, I started making these little, uh, these little uh, framed pictures that I would give to people. I, I've always collected LSD blotter art since the very early '90s, and was super cheap at that time. And I would actually just tear up these sheets because they come in sheets of 900, uh, which is basically, you know. I would just break them up into little things of 100, and usually they have a picture that goes on every hundred put it on a little frame that I would buy at the dollar store. And I think the whole thing would cost me like two or three bucks. And I would give those to people as a, like a holiday gift. Like, Hey, here's your Christmas gift or your Hanukkah gift, you know, something like just different homemade from me. And people just loved them. And they were like, dude, you need to do something with this. So like the next time the grateful day came around our area, I was like, yeah, I'll make a bunch of these things. We put a, put out a little carpet and put out all the things. And I sold out super quick. I was like, man, maybe there's something here. And we went from just kind of throwing out a little blanket, you know, that shows over, over the years to actually, you know, renting RVs and putting up full scale vending, vending at, at shows and stuff that we'd actually pay to pay to go in and do official vending. So, so that developed over a long time. And that was very, you know, I don't know, something that very, very close to my heart in the sense that it was very direct connection with the community. We were able to travel the country, meet people that were like-minded, have conversations and, and kind of build something that was a connection through music, art, community. And that was very powerful. Got it. So what are the driving forces placed you into this world of, of creating the the art that you do? It sounds like when you were growing up, you had a great teacher who you still remember, right? I mean, I, I remember 
couple of my teachers. The adage goes that you always remember good teachers. Yeah, there, there must have been more than that as well, you know. So you, you've you've had, I guess, Grateful Dead and other other musicians. I'm guessing other music that's that's influenced you. What what else is, has sort of provided this spark? Having the talent is one thing, but what what's guided your your appetite for creating and putting your work out there and expressing yourself and your ideas in, in the ways that you do? So this is a great question, and I'm glad you kind of keyed in on this because that is something I didn't really touch on. And one of the things that I that's powerful to me about art is is it's a way to tell stories. So you can actually encode information inside images, and depending how explicit you are or non-explicit, um, it, it can kind of protect that information in a sense. So you know, I don't think it's any any secret. There's a lot of psychedelics going on on the Grateful Dead tour. So I thought that that's a very wholesome thing that's you know good for people it's a tool that humanity can use and i kind of wanted to spread the gospel about you know the benefits of this for humanity but i wanted to do it in a way that was safe so i wasn't like actually selling lsd and endangering myself and my family like that hey maybe they're going to take me away for life um but i can actually be up front make something pretty you know just put it right in front of the street and say hey you know this is something that that we believe in and we think that this is something that you might want to look deeper in and really the stuff i was making the deeper you look it's kind of the more information there is so um, one of the drawings I did was like, it's called the LSD mandala. And it actually encodes the entire recipe and the entire way that you can make it. So if you follow the steps in the drawing, you go from zero to 31,000 doses of very high quality LSD crystal. And, you know, in case they take away the internet, they take away our, you know, our information, they burn our books, they go Fahrenheit 451 on us. We actually have art that encodes this information. So I think that's something that drives me under, under um, you know, the desire to just make something pretty is that I also have a story that I want to tell. Um, so the Bitcoin full node sculptures where it's, it's an educational piece, you know, the more that people look at it, the more they can kind of either learn or maybe even teach me. So that's something I think like it's, it's a learning tool and a teaching tool. A picture paints a thousand words, right? And yes. This is why memes are so powerful. You can reach so many people so quickly and so simply with with yes art and the vision. power of the meme um, and there's no stopping that we're always going to find a way i think to to be able to communicate our ideas and, and information that that we value um, and if you can do that in a way that visual impact is immediate right it's not like sitting down and reading something where sure this, this exchange with yourself as you you're, you're reading something but so how have you found the reaction to what you've been creating as you've been working on your full note project as well. How has um, how has the world, let's say, you know, including the Bitcoin community, but maybe outside of that as well, reacted to it, your friends, your family and beyond that? It's actually been overwhelming, to be honest. Um, like I said, I, I kind of took a risk and I just went off on my own and just kind of went offline and, and started working on this. And I kind of went low, low time preference and I just wasn't sure if there's any payoff at the end, you know, it's like, you don't really know if, how the world's going to react, but um, yeah, it, it was truly amazing. So I, you know, I posted a, a video on like January 3rd of last year, that was Genesis, Bitcoin Genesis day. And I, you know, I didn't have the piece finished. It was just all the pieces just laying on top of each other, but uh, it, it was amazing. I think like 
30,000 people saw the video and I, like, I got a thousand likes on a tweet and that never happened to me. I've like, <laughs> don't have that kind of following. So I was not really ready for, for that kind of reaction. And then, um, we actually, I got a chance at that same time, there was like a, a whole bunch of Bitcoin stuff going on in my local area. And they had a big local Bitcoin conference. Well, I guess it's a national Bitcoin conference. And they let me put up the uh, piece to display there. And actually one of the speakers uh, purchased it. And I was like, oh my God, this is just crazy. Cause um, I was talking to one of the other artists about, hey, I don't, you know, it's kind of risky. I don't know if I'm gonna get what I want for this thing. And, uh, you know, it's like all that time. He's like, well, you know, as soon as I told him, he's like, see, that just validates your low time preference thing. I can have even lower, lower time preference to do what you, you know, do what you believe in, follow your vibe and, you know, just whatever happens, happens. And so, and then just from putting a few pictures on Twitter, another couple people actually purchased um, other pieces. And in fact, this is one of the first time I've done a series. That was one of the things that one of the true genius things that uh, Crypto Graffiti told me. He's like, oh, you should make a series of 10 of these. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, I haven't really done that. Um, so I, by doing that, it's actually been so amazing because I can actually set each node to a different block height, either something that's personally meaningful to that person, which I did for, for number two and number three. Um, or uh, like with number one, I can set it to a block that's significant to everybody. For That one was block 600,000, so it was the mining of the 18th Bitcoin, uh, this new full node sculpture is the having. So, of course, that's a major event that we all just witnessed. So, to me, that's a pretty significant thing. So, it's, it's neat to be able to iterate within a series because it's laser cut, because each one is done individually. No two have been identical. Like, each one has iterations and changes, although there's dramatic changes in between the first one through three and this number four. The four. I spent again. I just kind of went offline. I said, I don't don't want to make the same exact looking thing again and again and again. So I again, went offline a couple months, just head down and came up with a couple iterations that to me, I was very happy with. And here we are. At what point did the, well, actually, before I actually, who else have you collaborated with? So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of crypto graffiti. Is there anyone else that you've collaborated with in, in the space? I, I don't collaborate with other people because I'm horrible to work with. Like no one probably like would want to work with me. As you see the level of detail that I go into, it just takes me so long to just move around pixels. I'll spend 20 hours doing that. So I wouldn't want to subject any other artist to that horror. So I I don't usually work with anybody. Else. Got it. Got it. Okay, so wrong choice of words, and I, I guess just you, you were sharing ideas. Oh, from... inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there's, uh, yeah. There's actually several. There's a bunch of like Bitcoin artists that I love and share ideas with. Like, yeah, there's actually whole groups of us, and uh, some of us we have little hidden groups on Telegram. Where we're doing things. Uh, there's some very interesting things going on with like uh, Lightning Network and, and auctions, and I'm actually really excited about that because now we're getting to see art on Bitcoin instead of art on shitcoin, and that to me is what where I want to see the community moving. Absolutely. And that does seem like there's a bunch of Bitcoin artists, Bitcoin only focused artists that want to go this direction too. Um, so I, I do think it's good. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how the support goes. I mean, this Ethereum art is creating a lot of a lot of value and a lot of uh, money for stuff that you know i don't know where, where the lasting value is we'll see hopefully it'll be there and the chain will be there um, but i'm hoping bitcoiners you know will support bitcoin uh, only art as well so i know that one of your your fans and and, and online buddies is, is rest river yeah he, oh absolutely he said, yeah. he said when fractal encrypt btc dose is available 
Absolutely. Well, that's the thing is I've I've done a lot of blotter art. And in fact, the art that I sent in 2015 to Brazil was just a whole stack of blotter art. That was one of the things that I'd done. So I definitely have been remiss in not doing a Bitcoin one. It's one I've thought of. I think I've like maybe done a little placement design here and there, but I should revisit that. He's right. He's right. He, you know, he's, he's definitely one of the OGs in the art scene. So big respect to, to so, Yeah. He's, he's been featured as well next month on 21 as Oh, beautiful. Excellent. As well. So good stuff. We're getting you guys out there, which is, which is awesome. I really appreciate that. I think that's great to have, you know, publications like you guys that are doing what you're doing, putting out good quality content. There's just so much shit out there, you know. Like, I, I checked your stuff out before I said okay, and, and I definitely like what y'all are doing. The boys back at the ranch have been busy. I'm, I'm a relatively new addition, but nice. I, like, like you, you know, I, I love what they've been putting out, the, the quality of the work. I know how passionate they are about flying the flag for artists and creators in the space. So it's, it's all good. I just want to say that that's great because that's kind of like the whole, you know, the whole essence of Bitcoin and the sense of community supporting community. It's like, Hey, this is a decentralized network. We're like-minded. We're supporting each other. We're coming together, you know, to support each other and, and let it all grow because it's good for you. It's good for me. It's, it's, you know, it's mutually beneficial. I've never been part of anything like it. It's just really inspiring, and it's, it's all a positive, optimistic mission that we, we seem to be on as well. I bought a piece from another one of your fans, Hodler.rocks. Oh, yes, love his stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's another laser cutter artist. Yeah, exactly. yeah. He asked a bunch of questions. I mean, I could have built this interview just around his questions alone, so he, he's a huge fan. I got scared when I saw his tweet. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to make me work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I bought a piece from him. I don't buy much art, uh, but I've bought I bought one one or two from him, and I've bought some from Mr. Crown, and oh, nice. I've got one recently from Cypherpunk now as well. Which oh yes, uh, all of them a lot. But Hodler Rocks, shout out to you, brother. Yes, he, he, big respect. His piece was he was trying to get through some creative block, and it's a it's a laser cut piece that just says "fuck the fucking fuckers." Oh, I've seen that. I love it. <laughs> I mean, the colors are amazing. And, yes, uh, and I, I, I love it, and it. But the reason I mention it is that a lot of what we are seeing the world going through today, you can you can find things and, and you can do things that are, are pushing back on the status quo and things that, that you might not like. But the thing I love about Bitcoin is that we're building something new, this Buckminster Fuller, which is actually written on the back of his piece, actually. If you want to change the, the established order, render it obsolete by building something new. And, and I, I see us doing that, and it's just—it's also positive that it just feels great to, to be part of it. So, his question as well—he he had a few. He said, "Is it true okay. that you've got blocks running through your veins that your heart beats <laughs> every ten minutes, and at every halving you double in power?" Uh, hmm, I don't know if for privacy I should answer this one, <laughs> but I do love that. That's a beautiful visualization. So, Poetic. tell us then, at what point did the, the whole idea? for your full node come together in your mind. I'm guessing this iterative process of trying things out and ideas in your head, uh, laser cutting them and going back to the, the drawing board and adding different things, making changes, etc. How did it how did the idea complete in your in your mind? That's a great question and I, and I'm not hundred percent sure it, it looked 
like there's some designs that I've had where I kind of remember the moment where I got, oh, hey, this is, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Whereas other things kind of develop over time, like you said, and iterate. This is kind of a mixture in the sense that um, I think I, I actually, I think I can kind of pinpoint it. Um, I think I went in 2019 in July to the uh, Bitcoin 20, what was it? Bitcoin 2019 conference that they did in San Francisco. And um, at that point, I think I saw a lot of uh, speakers talking and I believe somebody had actually described Bitcoin like a clock. And I think when I heard that statement, it just set off some fireworks in my head and I started to see like, hey, yes, not only is it a clock, but it's also a calendar. And, you know, if you look at some of my previous art, my old drawings, I've done a lot with like Mayan calendar inspired things where, you know, you're using the glyphs to tell stories and the and the different layers. So I was like, maybe, you know, there's certainly enough layers in Bitcoin to, to, to create a piece. So um, I, I know the the seed was planted there uh, in San Francisco. And actually, if I remember correctly, the Grateful Dead is tied to this, too, because the the uh, the conference was right down the street from Haight-Ashbury. So during a, a break, I just walked over to Haight-Ashbury, walked over to the old Grateful Dead house at 710, uh, 710-Ashbury wow. and walked back. So, yeah, it's like funny how everything connects. And, um, you know, the Grateful Dead is also one of those things that's linked very closely into computer science in general, like the very early things that were happening on the Internet. People were creating like lists of Grateful Dead songs and things like that in the very late 70s, and, you know, sharing these on Usenet groups and things like that. So like, there, there's a deep tie uh, between the psychedelic, the you know, the musical uh, communities and the uh, computer communities as well. Right. That's a rabbit hole in itself. Absolutely. Yeah, if you look how the internet was developed, you know, I think there's a book called When Wizards Stay Up Late. It's like, we're, we're, we're deep in this stuff. <laughs> Is this the uh, the Palo Alto crew? Oh, definitely, you know, you're, you're right in the middle of the, the heart of it all. Yeah. If you were to describe your piece, I'm calling it the Full Node Project because I don't know what sure. the name is. Does it I call it the full note sculpture, yeah. I, uh, it's like, even though it's not really a sculpture, it's a, you know, the, but it, yeah, I, I hear you. I'm calling this one the, ha the you know, Bitcoin Sculpture 4.0, the having. Okay, <laughs> awesome. So how would you explain how it works, what it does? Okay, so at the very base level, my idea would be like, was to create a design that you could basically plug into a Bitcoin Core full node. So you have your Bitcoin Core full node running. Bitcoin has its own what's called GUI, a graphical user interface. But instead of using the traditional graphical user interface, I'd like you know to plug in this full node where you know you could use it to search transactions, create transactions, look stuff up. You know, hey, I want to look up this transaction in this block. Uh, you know, and you can pull that information up. And how does it work? Well, it works in some way similar to a clock. I I've actually been working on an article that explains it because it's a little. I found. It's very clear in my mind, but when I explain it to other people without like pointing things out, some, some of it may be a little less clear, but you see how things kind of work in a very perfect order. And because of that, I was able to map everything out in, in a way where it all fits together in harmony. And, um, I, and you know, it captures both, mostly it covers like the Bitcoin issuance schedule, but there's so much more that it goes into pretty much all the consensus rules I've tried to encode inside there. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm having trouble explaining it because it's one of those things, like you said, it's the art hopefully speaks for itself. There's so much encoded within it, it does need some uh, additional explanation. Tell us about the layers that you have in there, um, how you've this up. You know, it's mind blowing that you've created essentially a laser cut Bitcoin full node user interface. 
I can't wait to see it working. Does, does it is it functional yet? Well, see, that's the thing is, is I, I no, it's not. <laughs> so I need to be able to have someone that can help me program from, you know, the language that Bitcoin is into a visual language. And to some degree, it's like each little container has to be labeled and marked. And it's, I'm not really sure whether I do this in Excel or in, you know, CSV files or how this works. It's something I have developed. I've actually created a project file. So if anybody's interested, any programmers out there that uh, want to work on this project with me, it's something I've already kind of mapped out. I actually have a little GitHub page with um, all the ideas there. Um, but at this point, that's all it is. It's 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 my vision. I definitely think one day we'll we'll bring it into uh, into reality. Um, I don't know if you want to. I may be able to do a screen share here. I um, I have. Um, I don't know if you're, you're doing any kind of uh, recording, but I do have a, like an article I was working on. I can bring it up or I could just chat chat about it because um, what it was was I tried to create it in, you know, everything means something. So every time you see something in the design, it's not there by happenstance. So if you see a little tiny square, a little something there, that's not just, you know, there as a design flourish for the most part. Most of, most of everything that's in there is going to have some kind of meaning. Okay, well, I guess the article um, will we'll link to that it, okay. If when you publish it, absolutely. I did loads of detail in there, right? I've not had the the, the chance to go through it yet. Um, so I know you 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 shared it with me very recently, and it's uh, I, I started looking, but I'm looking forward to digging into to more of it. But but give me give me the highlights. I mean, what are your favourite parts of it? What speak the most to you? What 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 were you most excited about uh, putting in there as the the different layers? Okay. You know, one of the things that was exciting is actually when you see it all come together and you see how things line up perfectly and you're like, man, this is just magical. And it's not me that did it. It's Satoshi. You know, it's like, I'm just mapping out what's already, you know, what's already in the protocol. And just to see it come come out like that is so amazing. Um, in fact, there's some cutout sections. So like there's some parts where I just cut out like the entire thing. So you're just kind of looking through the full node. And what those cutout sections represent is the Bitcoin issuance. And to me, that's the most dramatic layer in the sense that you could see so clearly, uh, you know, during each ha each little cutout represents a halving period. So in this halving, how much Bitcoin of the total 21 million was released. So in the very first halving, 50% was released. So 10,500,000 Bitcoin was released in the very first halving uh, cycle. And then 2012 to 2020, uh, 2016, you know, you have another percentage and you see how dramatically it cuts down. And basically once we hit 2036, at that point, everything becomes less than one Bitcoin per block in the block reward. So the little cutouts become just these tiny little things that happen. So over the next hundred years from 2032 to 2140, you know, there's just a small amount of Bitcoin that's going to be mined. So you see how important it is to to kind of get in early. Like the earlier you get in, the, the higher chance you have to maybe get some amount of Bitcoin in that sense. So to me, that just makes it clear as day. You don't need to explain to people why you got get in. Just like, hey, look at this. This is <laughs> this is clear. Uh, so that to me was very exciting. Um, there's also a layer in there called the Merkle Tree Ring. Um, that to me is probably the most the most dense in terms of the amount of information that I was trying to put in there. And uh, I, I probably think that's the deepest rabbit hole that probably people can go into. Um, on the whole. Absolutely, absolutely. So the Merkle Merkle tree ring. Um, if anybody's not familiar with Merkle trees, they're basically a data uh, data structure where um, each it's kind of used in terms of every the blockchain. If you've heard of the blockchain, this is how it's created in essence. Each block. 
the new block has to reference all the information in the previous block. And if it's not perfect, if it doesn't represent it perfectly, then it doesn't go in the chain. So these Merkle trees are extremely important to the way that Bitcoin functions. So that kind of was like what I used as the driving design in that layer. I put 21 of them to represent the 21 million Bitcoin. Um, I divided it into three sections because 21 is a triangular number. So you can get 21 divided by three. So you get seven. So I made three, I say made three sets of seven Merkle trees. So you get to 21. Um, and then I connected them by these blocks, except for I didn't make the blocks look like your traditional like cube. Uh, I, what I did is I used the Archimedean and the Platonic solids because, you know, I've read that those are the, the geometry that are used to create all matter in the universe. So, and they're also unique. So each shape is unique, just like each Bitcoin block is going to be unique. You know, they don't all look the same. They don't all weigh the same and digitally. So I was kind of representing that there. So there's 18 of those plus three crests. And those are like the three pillars that I think Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin understanding has to rest on. So, that 18 plus three again is another 21 reference, so reference to the 21 million Bitcoin. And those three pillars are gonna be the social component, the technical component, and the financial component. So those three, you know, sections cover a lot of ground. So social is, you know, everything. It's like the community aspect of it, the peer-to-peer -peer aspect of it, but also the game theory, the politics, you know, everything that's like related to the human, the emotional side, all that is contained within the social section the next section is technical so like what's under the hood here how does this stuff work so it touches on things like sha 256 ecdsa link time stamping merkle trees of course uh you know kind of like what's going on here and i was even able to hide like the exact bitcoin equation that's used for skip 256k1 or whatever it is that that bitcoin actually uses at the top of that little crest so proud of that <laughs> and then you have the financial section so the financial section covers what's very obvious so it's like the monetary policies of bitcoin or the monetary properties of bitcoin so this is something i got kind of from safedine's book the bitcoin standard where he talks about you know what makes money money and you know in the end like he's case for why uh, gold is one of the best monies we ever had before bitcoin and what makes you know that a good money so a lot of the things we touch here is that it's you know divisible fungible portable you know but also that there's digital scarcity as well so that's like a major revolution and you know what bitcoin is like there's no more copy paste uh, you actually have a digital file that can't be reproduced uh, there's actually a lot more in the merkle tree layer but as you can see that's like there's a lot to go through there and uh, so I think like that's something that it's kind of like good for the viewer. They can kind of look at it and they can come back to it a different day and see something different and learn something new. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's supposed to be a conversation piece, too, because if somebody's looking at it, they might, hey, do you know what this is? And, you know, if they do, then, OK, one can explain to the other. If they don't, then it's like, you know, it's a learning experience for everybody. Hey, we can. This is something we should check into a little more. Wow. I was looking at some of the images earlier in the week and what stood out for me, the Merkle tree was one and the halving cutouts. It, when it's presented in the way that it is, it's really powerful. And you don't get that just looking at numbers, right? Sure. So, so what you've done here is is provided a, a very visual representation of this halving phenomenon. And it is amazing to see it, but it's, it, and the way you've done it as well is, is, is really beautiful, man. Thank you. Um, how how many hours have you spent working on it? And how many hours have you spent thinking about it? 
I mean, is this no, we can't we can't quantify this in hours. We're we're talking in months here. Like this was like probably almost ten months of my life to <laughs> to create both the the first version and then now this this new uh, 4.0 version. Uh, I mean, basically, we're talking every every free moment that I have. I'm I'm putting time into it, moving pixels around, thinking about it. I like this. I don't like that. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's not something that I take lightly. It's something that, um, you know, it kind of, and it's not something that I'm even doing for other people. As I said, I just kind of like did it, you know, at home. This is something that I wanted to make for myself and, uh, just the reaction that I got just blew me away though. So I was pretty amazed by that too. Is this a full-time endeavor for you or are you doing it part-time? No, I do a part time. I, 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 unfortunately, I have to have a regular job. Yeah. <laughs> job too. Uh, it's always been my vision. You know, always I, I would love to just live off of only art. But so far, I haven't haven't gotten there quite yet. But but one day maybe. Well, we're yet to see how the auction goes, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do want to give a big, huge thanks to the people at Scarce.City, which is scarcity. So they, I really appreciate them giving me a chance to to put this out on the lightning auction. It's always a little scary to do an auction, um, but I do think it's a really huge opportunity, and I do think it's a really cool, cool positioning to be one of the first uh, first pieces on this. So I'm excited about this and really honored that that they included me. Is there going to be any uh, any derivatives of this available? You know, will, will the plebs like me be able to? I mean, if, I'm obviously going to get in, into the auction. There's going to be a lot of appetite for this. And I saw Hodler.rocks and Mosaic.rocks relentless optimism piece, which they sold for yes. a, a full Bitcoin recently. I mean, the auction that was amazing. It's yeah, that was uh, amazing. So you know, I, I've got high hopes for you, buddy. But, um, I appreciate it. I do have, I do have, um, I do have like just, I have an Etsy shop that has like a, a three or I think I have like three different little uh, Bitcoin designs that I've done all 100% original art and they uh, they all uh, they all uh, have like you know my own little encodings and I think those are like 20 bucks or 15 bucks on on my Etsy. So that's something certainly that's there. I do I do want to. Um, do like maybe like a canvas print of this maybe like a black and white canvas print with just the schematic like kind of make it almost like a blueprint mm -hmm. and uh maybe even have some like little hey you know like little lines coming out like a, a true schematic showing hey this is what this is or, or just maybe by itself so i'm not really sure what but it, it would make it you know maybe more affordable since there would be more available uh, it's something i'm thinking about for sure i would love to do that and make this more available for people and, and honestly that software project is something too that you know is something close to my heart in that sense that it would be something we can make available to people where hey anybody can use this bring it up on your computer you could display it you, know, if you want to protect it on your walls and you know it makes it makes bitcoin fun make bitcoin yeah fun. Well, Very cool. again, it's always fun. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I've not shown my kids this yet, but I can't wait to, to, to show them some of the designs that you've you put out. Because there is kind of like a blueprint that you've, you've you posted on Twitter over the last few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I posted the blueprint with like kind of a rainbow overlay that, that shows the layering. There's 21 layers in it. Again, it's another 21 reference in there. Um, I do I do have like an article that I'm working on and uh, publishing with the little explainer. It does also have that without the, the rainbow overlay, so you can kind of see it as it is. Um, if people want, they can probably print that one. It's probably it's not very super high quality, but uh, I definitely would like to do some signed, you know, limited edition canvas prints or uh, maybe even just like a, a laser cut on maybe like uh, some kind of acrylic or something. I'm not really sure, but I, I definitely hear you. <laughs> it would be good to make an affordable version. Do you think you could do like a small version or is it just too detailed 
Would you lose? Absolutely not. Like that. That's one of the problems that I run into is the level of detail that the laser can capture and the level of detail that I try to throw at it don't always uh, mesh. In essence, I actually had to redesign the Merkle tree layer two times because uh, I I thought I could do better than what I had in the first three versions. I spent a lot of time. I redesigned. I got this really cool digital tree thing that was like looking amazing. It was like super complicated and it was like fantastic. And then, you know, as soon as I tried to laser cut it, the just burned the wood because it was so detailed that the laser just kept firing. And uh, it was a very quick lesson that I needed to redesign that. I went back to the drawing board, redid, redid it. I'm actually happier now with the with the end design because um, Merkle trees do actually have a specific look. Like there's a you know there's a look to them. And uh, one of my artist buddies gave me some smack over the first version. He says, hey, these, these don't have Merkle trees in it. I said, well, I could take artistic license. It's like, it's a tree. Uh, so this one, I actually got the Merkle trees in there. So Johnny Dollar, that one's for you, buddy. How are you going to feel about letting this out of your grip and saying goodbye to it? That is, that's the thing is that uh, with each one of these, I, I haven't actually got it to to be in my possession for very long. Um, for example, like, I think the first one was the one that I had the longest, um, but it, it's it's a little set, like, my wife's actually mad. She says we need one up here immediately. Uh, and yeah, I, I probably do have to do that. But, uh, but yeah, so far it's been, as soon as I made, as soon as I finished number two and number three, as soon as I finished them, they were out the door. I've just finished this one um, and, yeah, I, I really like, I'm kind of feeling the, the need like, hey, I need to do some stuff with it. I actually want to do some projection mapping. I had done a project at the Bitcoin Hackathon last year uh, with one of my buddies, Jesse. And uh, we, we were basically doing some projection mapping where you project onto the full node to make it more like in that functional sense. So you can actually, like you said, a picture is worth a thousand words. Now you can actually show what it looks like. Hey, I found the new block. Here's the block, current block height that you're at. And then here's the years. And, you know, basically at every block height, there's different things that would be highlighted on the node. So um, we, we did a little project with that, like proof of concept. So that was kind of already started. And uh, I want to actually do the projection on top of the node, but I haven't had it long enough in my possession to do that. So maybe this one I have over the next week, I'll get to get to play with it. I got my projector here. So I'd love to see some results from that. Yes. Yes. You, A lot of dreams. I know that, that you got this um, image projected onto the cover of Nuts Van Home's book, uh, which is one oh, of my yeah. favorites. Tell us how you, you got connected with Nut and, and how that ended up being on the cover. Well, I, I had, uh, I, I'm a longtime fan of his. Um, I actually saw when he, he was working on his book, uh, he put he put on Twitter like, hey, I'm thinking of doing an audio version of this book. Who do you think would be good? And like everybody in the comments was like, oh, you got to talk to Guy Swan at the crypto economy. He's going to do it. And, uh, and, and, and very shortly thereafter, he did it. And I, I'm a... <laughs> avid listener to that podcast as soon as he released it I, I listened to it and i was blown away and just the just the word sovereignty through mathematics is so deep and so powerful on so many levels that that it, it, it just it blew me away so i was like i just stole it without asking and put it on on my art and then um when i published the uh the first pictures of it last year uh, or video, you know, he commented on it. He said, hey, this is amazing. And I was like, well, hey, buddy, I'm glad you like it because I kind of stole your uh, book title here and put it on. Is that okay? You know, ask for forgiveness rather than permission. <laughs> 
and uh, and not only was he okay with it, but he was extremely happy and kind of. And, and at that point, it started a long-term friendship that now uh, I'm, I'm extremely happy to have. And um, what yeah, what he did is he actually took uh, from the second version of the Bitcoin full mode version two. Uh, the guy that purchased that actually has a really good camera and he took some very good pictures. So he was able to use pictures from him of my art on his book. So again, it's this open source community, everybody helping each other just to, you know, to work it out. And, you know, nice. it was a huge honor to have my art on such a, a powerful book. So I'm really thankful to Noon as well. Yeah. He's a top guy. So how are you going to top this? <laughs> down souls, retire. <laughs> oh no. What? <laughs> I'm getting, but, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 such a, a brilliant piece. Do you, do you have ideas for what you're going to do next? I do, I do. In fact, um, in fact, uh, the re the redesign that happened here on number four was almost like a a, a mental compromise because uh, I was on the verge of like complete redesign. Um, and and I, I wanted to kind of actually create like interlocking things that would move around and and, and like um, you know work in terms of the time scales and I actually have some preliminary work or already done both in um, uh, pencil sketches as well as um, as well as uh, production uh, vector vector sketches as well and illustrator so it's something that I was working on but. Um, it was just becoming like a little intimidating and I was like kind of getting blocks and I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe like there's still design stuff to do on the original thing. And I look back at it and I was like, you know what, there's actually a lot to do here. So maybe if I work here on this first, then I'll, I'll move to the next one. So I definitely have places where I want to go and things to do uh, more stories to tell. For sure. Where do you see your work? being in in the months and years ahead do you, do you have big ambitions for where you could go with this how do you see things panning out for you in the next few years you know i'm a little embarrassed to say that i don't really have like a long-term vision in term in terms of that planned out and maybe that's the reason why earlier we said like i'm still stuck in the day job maybe like i need like more mentoring from crypto <laughs> or something but yeah i don't like you know it's one of those things where i'm just kind of like i feel like the average Bitcoiner, I'm just like everybody else. I'm rolling along, trying to live my life and do my things. And the, like the art just kind of springs out of me. And it's just something I, I'm going to do anyways, whether there's, you know, whether someone buys it or not, I'm going to make art. Just like I said, I make it kind of for myself. Um, I, where it goes and, and you know, it, it's actually kind of shocking to see the level of support that I've gotten from the community. So I'm pretty optimistic, actually, let's say. <laughs> Even though I don't know where it'll go. It's yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think things like this, like hashing it out with somebody and actually having a conversation about it out loud really, you know, is eye opening, too, because some things you, you don't think too deeply about yourself or may not even brush your consciousness without someone else like bringing it to your attention. Yeah. So give us some details about the auction, then. How do people get in on the action or, or see it unfold? What, what okay. And when? So the best thing to do is you want to follow the scarce.city account on Twitter because they're the ones that, you know, it's on their platform. Uh, I believe we're going to be doing it the week of the 25th. Um, and, and I'm kind of trying to coordinate a few things. So the date is kind of up in the air. The main important thing I think though, is that if people are interested in bidding, you can bid on chain or you can bid in light on lightning. Um, the interesting thing about their model is that, um, when you put a bid, you don't put the whole amount down. I guess you just put up, you know, it takes like a fraction of the of the percentage. Just you're putting a deposit down, and then yep. whenever the 
winning bidder uh, wins, then at that point, then you make your payment. Everybody else, they, they, it refunds it back. So doing it on Lightning, you save a lot on fees. Um, so that's just something that I did want to bring up. I know there's like a segregation in the market. You have Bitcoiners that, you know, use Bitcoin and some of them are just using like custodial services or wallets or things like that. And some have their own full nodes. And then you have another segregation where it's people that use Lightning. And so, it, you know, you can play either way, but if you're a Bitcoiner and you don't use Lightning and you're interested, you may want to use this time to set up a Lightning wallet. Hey, hey. I love using Lightning. It took me a while to be bothered to, to look at it, and now I, I use it. I think that's the thing, is a lot of people don't have the use case. So yeah. I think that's another driving important factor. So I think when people do have a reason to use it, they use it, they see the, you know, they see it actually working for them in real time. That, that's the game changer, you know, when you actually use things yourself. Uh, I think for me, the first time I restored a wallet from Seed, I was like, holy shit, like, that wallet is nothing. Like, it's just these words. And it's like, it's amazing. We stand on the shoulders of giants. I mean, it does yes. blow my mind. Just looking at any aspect of, of Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, there's so much to it. And, and like you say, it's a, a beautiful harmony unlike others that we won't mention. <laughs> <laughs> so so what about what about you and, and your work, Fratling Trip? Tell us where people can find you online if they're not following you already. Okay, great. Uh, well, yeah, they can find me on Twitter. I have uh, my Fractal Encrypt uh, page here on Twitter. That's probably the most most place they'll find me. I don't really have any other places where I'm active. I have an Instagram account that I barely use. Um, yeah, Twitter is where you're going to find me. <laughs> But man, thank you so much for, for taking the time to tell us your stories and give us some more insights into this phenomenal work and you you've created. I, I really enjoy what you're doing here and the love that you're getting as well is well justified. It's a brilliant, brilliant piece. And um, and I wish you every success with, with the auction. Thank you so much. I'm sure you'll smash it. I'm going to be in there. I'm awesome. going to make you an offer offline here and see if you'll go for it and pull it from yours. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, man, thanks so much for, for taking the time to, to, to join us. And hopefully we'll get the chance to speak to you again. Absolutely. Looking forward to it.